Hi everyone, this is Wesley Town. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Better Days Season 2. I want to offer you a few thoughts about depression today. These are thoughts that I believe will clear up confusion and deconstruct some false ideas about depression that seem to perpetuate. Let's jump right in. Thought number one, depression is challenging and confusing for most who experience it. Interesting enough, I had never experienced depression before until about a year and a half ago. As my wife and I had been in this long season of her suffering, going through serious medical diagnoses and surgeries and such, I'd been carrying a huge weight, uh, both in my professional life and in my personal life, for a long time. And I got to a point where I was exhausted, and for the first time in my life, I became numb and unmotivated. It wasn't that I didn't feel at all or that I still didn't have drive, but I began to lose passion for things that I loved and things that I had been for so many years incredibly passionate about. And that's depression. It's confusing. All of a sudden, something changes in your soul. And it can be through various factors, causes over a period of time, and you feel depressed. I remember days feeling like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go through the motions of another day. And this is so unlike me. And depression is challenging and confusing because you could be a person who once was passionate and proactive, and now you're unmotivated and struggle to keep up with life. You could be a person that once found enjoyment in activities and relationships, and now you feel numb internally. You could be a person that once had hope and you were optimistic and now you feel sad and borderline pessimistic. So depression is challenging and confusing for most who experience it. Thought number two on depression. No person chooses to be depressed. There's this false idea that a person who is depressed is choosing depression. Some people think or they say to people who are depressed They just need to get up, get out of bed, get going, choose a great attitude, and change instantly. This type of thinking is so false, and it's certainly contrary to the nature of depression. People who say these types of statements don't understand depression. Depression does not last forever, but it certainly takes time to work through. We go through difficult challenges and painful experiences in life. These challenges and painful experiences can be mentally and emotionally distressing. And I think some people forget that we are humans living in a broken world. We need to point people to this reality more often. Why? Here's why. Because it factors into our lives on so many levels. We want perfection but perfection does not exist in a broken world. So as we're living our life inside this reality, we experience and feel that brokenness as we exist in a broken world. So the idea that a person is choosing to be 
to be depressed and they just need to change their attitude instantly. That is contrary to the nature and reality of depression and being a human going through severe, difficult, distressing times in a broken and perfect world. Thought number three on depression. Depression and sadness are different. Sometimes I hear people say, well, isn't a person who's depressed just sad? Well, yes and no. Let me explain. While sadness is a part of depression, it's not the same as depression. Sadness is circumstantial. We feel sad about something. Sadness is also temporary. It often passes with time. Depression has many more components to it in addition to sadness. Things like loss of joy, loss of interest, lack of energy, loss of satisfaction, having little or no motivation, changes in mood and personality, uh, and, and more. Depression can occur in a person outside of de devastating circumstances. It can be health-related. It may be an aspect of undealt with emotions. So it's not just based on something that makes a person sad, so to speak. Depression lasts for a period of time also. It has a combination of symptoms and it has a degree of symptoms, or you could say a severity of symptoms. People can't just snap out of it or get over it quickly. There are choices that a person can make to work toward healing, but pressure for a quick fix is not helpful. It actually often makes things worse. So the next time that you're around somebody that is depressed, don't think of depression and equate it with the same thing as sadness. It's different. It accompanies the emotion of sadness, but it's not just sadness. And don't think that it can be quickly fixed. It needs to be worked through. The underlining cause or causes need to be unearthed and processed through for a person to walk toward that pathway of healing and to become better. The forethought, depression and anxiety have some common connections. Sometimes I think we wonder about this kind of meshing of depression and anxiety because sometimes we're anxious and all of a sudden we feel depression or we may have depression and we feel anxious. Well, there's some common connections between depression and anxiety. Let me give you a few. Isolation. People that are depressed often isolate themselves. People who have anxiety because of that anxiety in different circumstances often will isolate themselves as well. People who are depressed sometimes have apathy. They become apathetic to life. That's a common core characteristic. And the same thing with anxiety. You become really discouraged. And sometimes you become apathetic. Both depression and anxiety, uh, one of the results of those is lifestyle changes. Because of what you're experiencing internally, all of a sudden you begin to change your lifestyle a bit. With both depression and anxiety, a person can feel helpless or hopeless. Like, I'm trying to not be depressed or I'm trying to not be anxious, but it's not working. And all of a sudden there's this cycle of depression or anxiety and 
you feel like you can't get out of it. You feel like you're boxed in and this is going to be the perpetual permanent state of your life. Well, good news, there's hope and there's always help, but you feel that way. Another common connection between depression and anxiety is, is discouragement. Obviously, uh, if you're going through this for a season, for a period of time, and there's a degree to it, an intensity to it, you feel discouraged. When you feel helpless and hopeless, you feel discouraged. When you're dealing with depression, anxiety, you feel discouraged. So there is some connection between the two. Fifth thought about depression. People that love God and follow Jesus can become depressed. You know, there's this misunderstanding that if you love God, you're not going to experience humanity. You're not going to experience anything but joy and utter elation all the time. That's not true. I think of someone that I've read a lot about, Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was a famous English preacher. And he's known as the greatest preacher of all time, the Prince of Preachers. He actually battled depression for his entire adult life. And he was a man that had incredible success, but he had constant mental pain. And there was various circumstances that occurred in his life that intensified his emotional and mental distress. But there's a quote that I want to read to you. It said this, or he wrote this, depression of spirit is no index of declining grace, grace being God's favor. The very loss of joy and the absence of assurance may be accompanied by the greatest advancement in the spiritual life. And then there's a little bit of commentary after this quote. We should therefore not be too easily dismayed by our troubles in a falling or pardon me, in a failing world. Friends will fail us. We will hurt and we will feel our frailty and emptiness. But none of that is any indication that our father, God, has forgotten or failed us, nor that we might no longer be useful to him. I love that quote. There are so many people that have been effective in service to Jesus, that love God and follow Jesus, that have struggled with depression. One of the biblical characters that I talk a lot about that went through intense suffering, Job also struggled with depression. If you read Job chapter three, he was numb. He was struggling with his very existence. He desired to be dead rather than live. And when you go through a situation like Job and you experience brokenness, like Job experienced brokenness, oftentimes people feel so broken and the pain is so intense, the degree of it, that they wish they wouldn't exist because they don't want to feel the pain. Well, there was hope for Job and there was hope for you as well. Not existing is not the answer, but he was human. There was such an intensity to what he was going through that he struggled with depression. Spurgeon struggled with it. Job struggled with it. There's many more. But people that love God and follow Jesus can become depressed. 
The sixth thought on depression I have. Being human in a broken world means that we face different forms of pain and suffering, including mental and emotional suffering. We need to stop equating all aspects of being human with sin. That's just wrong. That's a poor understanding of scripture, theology, that any aspect of being a human equals sin. It's interesting because I've researched this a lot. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, speaking of Jesus' state on earth, it says this, Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus was a man, the Hebrew word means pain, and acquainted with sickness. Well, what does that mean? It means that he was a man that constantly felt emotional and mental pain and sickness. Isn't that interesting? He was 100% God and 100% human, but he felt that humanness in a broken world. In Luke chapter 22, verse 44, we get a picture of Jesus in a state of mental and emotional anguish. He was preparing himself in prayer to go to the cross, to pay the price for humanity's wrongdoing, sins, injustices, to forgive us, redeem us, give us hope, change our lives, be in a relationship with us. And the Bible says in Luke twenty two forty four that he was in such agony that his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. You say, what is that? It's a rare medical phenomenon called hematidrosis, where somebody is in such intense mental and emotional anguish that their capillaries burst and they begin to sweat drops of blood. So if Jesus felt humanity, he was perfect. We need to do a better job of not equating all aspects of being human with sin. We can feel sadness. We can feel pain. We can be discouraged. We can feel mental and emotional anguish. And that's not sin. That is living in the reality of being human in a broken world. I say that a lot because I think this needs to come across more prominently in our discussions, in helping people, in our theology, in just how we paint a picture of what it means to be human and follow Jesus. So with that said, it's okay for a person to be sad. It's okay for a person to feel pain. It's okay for a person to experience life in a broken world. This is our reality. To have an expectation that paints a picture of perfection or that negates human pain and emotions is setting people up for turmoil internally, for deep disappointment, and for utter delusionment. We're painting a false picture of what it means to be human and follow Jesus. We need to paint a more accurate picture. And that's part of what motivates me to talk on these subjects. My seventh thought on depression is this. I want to encourage you who are depressed, you who are experiencing and struggling with depression, to resist doing these two things. First, suppressing your emotions. It's a great temptation when we're experiencing depression. I know this because when I began to feel it and experience it, I didn't want to talk about it. 
But talking to someone close to you about how you're feeling is so healthy. And that is the beginning of the pathway to change and to health. If your depression does not get better as you are communicating and feeling your emotions, reach out for help. It's okay to get help. Sometimes in life, we're going through such difficult circumstances and we feel such deep pain that we need somebody to walk alongside of us to help us along the way in the pathway to healing. And certainly, God is there to walk alongside of us, but God has also given us people to help us as well. The second thing I want to encourage you to resist is resist isolating yourself. We need people in our lives when we are going through challenging times. So I encourage you to stay connected with people that you are close to, like family or really close friends. Talk about what you're dealing with. Talk about your emotions. Don't bottle them up because if we bottle up our emotions for too long, they begin to overflow in unhealthy ways. And then make sure, even if it's difficult, make sure to connect with people. Talk and be around people. You don't have to be around a, a, a lot of people, but be around people. Stay connected with your family, your friends, people that are close to you, that you trust, that you know will care for you and love you. And if you don't have a lot of close friends, I want to encourage you. Church is an amazing community to open your life, to share what you're going through, and to be in a place of healing and help and hope. My last thought is, I want to encourage you that there are people who care about you as you're facing depression. I also want to encourage you that your life is valuable. Sometimes we get so discouraged and we feel so defeated and hopeless that we think our life is no longer valuable. Your life is valuable. And oftentimes what we learn about ourselves and how we grow and deepen our hearts through challenging times and seasons of life causes us to be most effective and even more, uh, maybe I shouldn't say most effective, even more effective in our purpose and our value toward humanity. I also want to encourage you that God loves you and cares about you. Your depression is not a sign that God has left you or is not present with you. It's also not a sign that you're unfit to make a difference in this world, that your dreams are over, that you're going to amount to nothing. That is all incorrect, false, and not true. In fact, God loves you. You're dealing with difficult human brokenness. And God cares about you and your life has so much value and purpose. I want to lastly encourage you that there is hope for your life. There is hope for better days ahead as you're facing depression. Just speak that into your heart. Speak that into your soul. When we're facing depression, we need to speak hope for better days ahead into our soul. I have so much love for all of you who are battling depression. And I can relate to you because I have faced it. Maybe not to the same degree as some of you, 
but I want to encourage you and I want you to know you are loved, you are valued, and you are cared about. I'll talk to you again next week. Next week, I'm going to be talking about thoughts on anxiety. That's a wrap for today. Thanks again for joining me. This is a new podcast, and I would love for your help to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thanks for your support. I can't wait to join with you next Tuesday for another episode of Better Days.